I'm interrupting my own podcast to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is brought to you by Spotify and is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It will also help you distribute your podcast across popular podcast hosting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Best of all, you can make money from your podcast on Anchor with no minimum listenership. So for those of us just starting out, this is very helpful. And do you know how much it costs to have everything you need to make a podcast in one place? 100% free. Yep, you heard me right. You can do all of this and make money for free. So if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast, now is your chance. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back to the episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in for episode four of Lost and Refound podcast. Today, we have Elise as a guest on the podcast. Yvonne and I have actually never met Elise. In fact, this is our first conversation together. I had reached out to Elise after seeing a very emotional video she posted on Asian Creative Network on Facebook. It really intrigued me because Elise is African-American. But she spoke with so much emotion on how much she appreciated support coming from the Asian American community during the protests that I felt compelled to reach out to her. I'm so glad I did because Elise has a slightly different perspective about the protests. And because she had spent time in Korea, she and I were able to have an honest and open conversation about race tensions between African American and Asian communities. Please help me welcome Elise to today's podcast. Hi, Elise. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm like super excited and honored that you would even have me on. So thank you guys for taking the time out to reach out to me and giving me this opportunity to be a part of this that you created. I appreciate it. Thank you. We are just honored for you to come on here. Before we get into all the topics, I just want to give my audience um, a little background on how we met right? Because we have never actually had a conversation together. I found your video on Facebook, which I will get into a little bit later in this episode, but it really, really touched me. And I think you can tell from the way I messaged you after it really touched my heart. So I reached out to to you to see if you wanted to come on the podcast and join me on, I would say, on a few uncomfortable conversations um, about race and what is currently going on. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, our podcast is always positive, but we wanted to tackle these difficult conversations um, because we think it's, it's important. And we think only by talking about things that are difficult can we make the world a better place. Why don't you kind of share with our audience and also, also with us a little bit about your background. And just so I let everybody know, I found you on um, the Asian Creative Network, which obviously you're not Asian. <laughs> so uh, this is very interesting. So I would love to hear more about your connection with the Asian community and talk about a little bit about that video that you made will motivate you because it was so emotional. Okay, so I grew up in Florida on the East Coast um, obviously. So I didn't, wasn't really exposed as much to, um, the happenings on the West coast, which I learned later when I went to Korea. So, um, I started out just kind of like watching, you know, Dragon Ball Z when I was growing up and, um, just really appreciating like some of the stuff that came out of Japan and, um, you know, I loved Mulan. So like I was, you know, that was, that was like the beginning of my, you know, interest into Asian culture. And so, you know, my parents always raised me, you judge people by, you know, how they act, not, you know, 
what they look like. And so I didn't gr grow up thinking, you know, like I'm a, a woman and I'm, you know, African-American and I need to think about these things when I try to do business or stuff. So that's kind of like the basis of me. I discovered Korea through Netflix. Um, I saw a, a little show called My Princess and I was like, this is interesting. Let me just check this out because I feel like a princess today. And so I fell in love with, you know, the drama and I was like, after I did some research, I said, you know, I'd really love to go to Korea. It's near Japan and like, you know, China's over there. And I had a, a Taiwanese friend at the time and I was just learning little different things about culture. And I've always had Filipino friends and it was just like, wow, I could go there and like see for myself. So um, I moved to Korea for a little bit. I lived with one of my friends, um, studied there a little bit, taught English, um, just had fun, tried to get into some business stuff. And I just started, like, it just started opening up to me. So while I was there, I was working with some creative people. And, you know, I wanted to learn as much as I could about Asia and help preserve history. Because whatever's happening, you should try to preserve it. So um, while I was there, someone just sent me an invite. Like, they went on Facebook and they were like, yeah, you should be a part of this group. And so I joined. Like, I, I was like, oh, okay, I, I just requested, you know. Asian Creative Network and they admitted me. And then one of my other friends was like, how did they admit you? Cause you're, you're not Asian. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh my God, is this, it's Asian Creative Network is everyone. And I looked through and I was like, everyone's Asian. And I didn't know if people would be offended or not. So I never posted because I was like, I don't want people to think like, like, I don't know. I didn't know. So I was like, I'm not gonna post anything. And I barely liked things, but I appreciated a lot of the art there. So it was really funny because, um, what led up to that video was I, I'm a live streamer on an app called Meet Me. So I was live streaming and I'm kind of new to it. I've only been doing it for a month. So that particular day that I made that video, I literally uh, tried to take a break from live streaming to give my body a chance to catch up and my voice because I was talking so much. And I was on Facebook and I saw this kid, this little, maybe like nine or eight years old, little African-American kid, and they were crying just bawling their eyes out like I feel like I'm gonna die because I'm black because children don't understand what's going on right now and I was infuriated I was so angry that all these adults just thought that social media was for themselves and started posting all this horrible stuff on TikTok where children go to create funny videos and relax and hang out with their friends you know people were showing horrible just reposting stuff and so I, I started actually making a video to my Facebook friends. And essentially that video was a lot of my, you know, um, Caucasian friends were like, hey, how do we help or how do we support? And I was like, honestly, guys, there's so much going on right now. The best thing you can do is just show love. And I'm a huge fan of One Piece. And I don't know if anyone watches One Piece, but in One Piece, there's a particular um, scene where, uh, or it's a, it's a season where it's, I call it impel down and I was making a reference to one piece for people that knew about it. And I was telling the community, I will not leave you an impel down. And essentially uh, one of the characters goes in to get his brother who is in, um, kept in impel down. And it's a powerful um, season. It's a powerful, like the couple of episodes is, is just powerful. And so I was making that statement. And as I posted it, I was scrolling through, and I saw so much positivity coming from the Asian Creative Network. And what astounded me about it was the fact that no one knew that there was an African-American watching. 
Like when people know that you're watching, they kind of change their behavior like, oh yeah, oh, we're, you know, they, a lot of people try to prove to me that they aren't racist because they think maybe I suspect that because I'm African-American, but honestly, I don't even think about it until I encounter someone who actually is racist and they show me or tell me that they're racist. Like, I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people like try to like, oh, hey, I have black friends. And I'm like, that's <laughs> cool, bro. Like, okay. Like, that? I don't know what that means. Like, yeah, those are those questions. I'm almost like, yeah, some people are like, I have Asian friends. Okay, good for you. <laughs> Do you want me to say congratulations? <laughs> right. So I was like, dude, like, I don't, you know, so it was just really interesting because on regular Facebook, on the public groups, you know, where it wasn't hidden, you guys were a closed group. You know, people were just posting all kinds of stuff and no one knew I was there. I saw educational, hey guys, does anybody speak Tagalog? Who speaks, you know, Japanese? Does anyone, you know, read Mandarin? We're trying to educate people. I was like, that is powerful. That's what I try to do for African-Americans. There's a lot of misinformation, you know, circulating through, you know, our little inner groups and subcultures. And so the fact that people were educating and then people were like raising funds, people were taking action, Mm -hmm. not just necessarily, hey, let's go out and protest, but like, hey, let's raise awareness and let's go speak to these people and see if we can get them to do this and this. And it was just so powerful. There was no way I could see that, have that knowledge and not take action and let you guys know, wow, you didn't even know I was here. You were acting out of what was truly in your heart. And it was so powerful to me that I was literally like, I didn't even know what to say at first. Like I literally recorded that one video 15 times. And I did the the other video, like I literally for almost three hours, I was sitting there The other video I made was about the same length and I only posted two videos, but it took me three hours because there were so many emotions coming through. And so I just, I had, there was no way I could sit there, feel all that love and all that truth. Like people were speaking their truth. And I just wanted to pause CNN, Fox news and all the radios and say, Hey guys, everyone in the world needs to see this right now. It was that powerful. There was no way I could just sit there and not, I couldn't sit in silence. You guys, pulled it out of me you you caused me to act so I just I appreciated it yeah I mean the emotion coming out of your video I could feel that through the screen right I was I was crying watching your video and I was so proud of the Asian American community coming together and I have to say you know we are known as the minority group who are usually quiet we tend to stay out of drama right we tend to not get involved um, and put ourselves you know, in the front lines. And I have been so proud of seeing how our community has gone together to support the African-American community. Obviously not everyone supports this and we'll get into this later on in our <laughs> more difficult discussion. Um, right. But but I am very proud and I'm so glad that you got, you felt so much love. I was reading the comments from your video afterwards and there was just so much outpour of, outpouring of love, of encouragement, of support. Um, and I was like, you know what? I have to talk to this, this woman. Like uh-huh. <laughs> the courage you had to be that honest. I cannot imagine myself doing that. You know, mm-hmm. that took a lot of courage and a lot of honesty and showed how much you, you appreciate our support. And I want to let our audience know we might not be able to change laws today, but we're giving people hope and encouraging more people to act which was, mm. which was amazing. So thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to hear a little bit more about how you, your experience in Korea, uh, how that have, it may have influenced you. 
So when I initially decided I was going to go to Korea, I was working at a restaurant, um, Red Lobster, actually, you guys, if you love the cheddar biscuits. I do um, love the cheddar biscuits. (laughs) (laughs) I always get extras to go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was working there and I was, you know, when we closed down the restaurant, I would, you know, clean my section and I would listen to K-pop because I was like, I'm trying to learn as much as I can. And, you know, and so people, they would come up to me and they'd be like, is that Japanese or Chinese? And I'd be like, you people are so close minds. And like, you need to like expand yourself like here. And I would like make them, you know, like this is G Dragon. You're going to listen to him. Here's, and I would like give them like, this is girls generation. Like, see, like, so it was just really interesting. Um, But while I was there, a lot of people told me, um, some of them pulled me, like one person just straight up asked me, they were not even African-American. It really shocked me. And they were like, why would you want to go to Korea? They hate black people. And I was like, oh, so you've been black and you went to Korea and you experienced hate. And they were like, uh, and I'm like, yeah, well, apparently you're not black. Why would you say that? Like, how do you know? And they're like, no, you'll see once you get over there, like you don't waste your time going there. But I was so determined to go because why would I, I never thought like that. Why would I let it hold me back? So when I went there, I didn't experience anything that I could say was racism because at the end of the day, you don't know. Yes, some people wanted to touch my hair. Some people, you know, one kid came and started yelling at me. He said something I couldn't quite understand. I was trying to learn a little bit of Korean, but I don't, the kid, it was a kid. Like, how do I know that he was being racist? I'm not going to be like, they were being racist. I felt a lot of love. I felt a lot of acceptance. A lot of people wanted, you know, to learn about my culture. They wanted me to express what I felt about what was happening or their culture. You know, at the time um, that I was there, there were some issues with the president. I don't want to get into details, but, you know, they were asking me, like, what do you think about this? And I'm like, well, back in America, we have some similar problems. So, <laughs> you know, it was like, we just bonded. I have lifelong friends from my time in Korea. I cried when I left. I still reach out to them today. Um, we call and check on each other. They're like my family. I actually feel like Korea is my first home. And some people get upset when they hear me say that, like, well, you're American. Yes, I will always be American. But in my adult life, when I moved out completely on on my own and I tried something new that I wanted to do, it was my experience in Korea. And like, I'm getting chills saying this because I love the food. I didn't like everything about the culture, but the stuff that I did learn, you know, Koreans are very hardworking. Their work ethic, I wish I could record it and bring it to my American friends and be like, because when I came back, to America, people were pulling up to Walmart and like, you know, not the best, most expensive car, but they were having people load their groceries and stuff in the car. And I'm like, you know, when I was in Korea, I was trying to hike up the mountain, Bukansan mountain, and like little old ladies were like passing me. And I was like, wait, (laughs) this is not how things are supposed to be. (laughs) I really just, I loved my experience there. I encouraged so many more people to go. I actually opened a lot of people's eyes because they were like, wow, you know, if you enjoy it, maybe I'll enjoy it. I had all kinds of cute stuff I would send to my friends. And I'm like, you guys, if you think that Koreans don't like Black people, maybe you had a bad experience. But for you to say that and just cloak, you know, that that mentality on everyone, like you're closing yourself out. Like there's so much to enjoy about Korea. In fact, we have similar fashion trends. You know, African-Americans mm-hmm. would love the fashion in, in Korea and vice versa. And so then I learned that K-pop, Motown had a lot of influence on K-pop. There's a lot of documentation about that. And I'm like, dude, how come people don't know? Like, no one talks about it. 
So I don't know. I love Korea. I will always love Korea. It's my first home. Um, my mother, I call her Oma. Um, she loves it. Like my mother came to visit me there. She loved, 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 loved. She always told me, eat your kimchi. And <laughs> so it is. It's so good for you. Yeah. <laughs> today I still eat my kimchi. My mother started making yokuk or, you know, the seaweed soup and it, I still eat Korean. I started learning to make Korean food. It, it, like I said, it's my first home. I completely enjoyed my experience there. That's amazing to hear. Um, I really think traveling, it's so important to open people's minds, right? You really can't truly appreciate another culture without being there. You can hear, hear things, but when you hear a story from someone, that's someone else's experience. That's their reality. That's not necessarily going to be your reality when you go. Right. That's why I think traveling is so important to opening people's minds. And there's a huge difference between people who are pure racist than people who are just ignorant or who are just curious. I grew up in Shanghai for the first 11 years of my life. So I didn't see a lot of African-American people, but once in a while I'll see a black person or a white person on the street and people who want to go you know, touch them, swarm around them or like take photos of them. And that's not them trying to be racist. Just we never seen that before, right? It was brand new to us. So there's a difference between that. Um, so let's bring it back now to what's been going on in the United States with these protests, mm-hmm. with the police brutality. Um, you know, you being African-American, I know I'm sure you've been going through all kinds of emotions. Mm-hmm. I want to hear from you, you know, how you are doing through these past few months, um, how you've been doing through this. I'm sure there's been up and downs, you know, explain to us as how you're feeling, what you're doing. So it's, it has been quite strange. Um, you know, I have friends of all walks of life. So I've had some of my non-African-American friends pull me aside and because they know I'm accepting of them and I truly love them. So if they're going through something, I want to hear about it. So it has affected them in ways that I couldn't have imagined. Um, a couple of them were like, you know, I feel like I'm being judged as a bad guy and I'm not. You know, and then I had one of my friends, she's the sweetest person you will ever meet. She just happens to be white. And she was walking down the street and someone threw water balloons at her, like a group of of African-American guys came and yelled and threw a bunch of water balloons at her and her friend. And I was infuriated. That infuriates me because you don't, why are you, what are you doing? You're acting just like everyone else who you're mad at right now. And so, um, you know, I've dealt with that. I haven't agreed with a lot of the stuff that's been happening in the news. I also don't believe the news tells the whole story. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of my friends who were out protesting of all races were filming videos of stuff that happened before and after events that were on the news. I felt like the news exasperated a lot of this stuff. Um, I've also felt judged. Sometimes when I go to the store now, people are like, hi, they're like overly nice and it kind of makes me uncomfortable. And then there are people who just stare at me like I'm stealing something. And so it's like, you know, like, I, I don't have these views of people, you know, I just go and live my life. And I like to like people who I want to like. But right now, um, I am now highlighted as someone, you know, I have to, it's almost like there's so much pressure that it's almost liberating, to be honest. It's like, you know what, if everyone's going to think what they want about me, why try? I remember I went to the Korean market, um, or at the Asian market, H-Mart. And I was shopping there and I saw in the newspaper, it was all in Korean, but I saw a protest and, and I was like, wow, you know, I wonder what it's saying, but why does it matter? Because it doesn't change anything for me. People are still going to perceive me how they're going to perceive me. And so one of my friends called me, um, actually, no, what happened was I, I went on his live stream and he was talking about, he was teaching, um, 
African-Americans to do like it's a challenge where you don't say anything about race. You're not allowed to talk about race. You're not allowed to uh, watch things that deal with race. And he, this is a list of things to challenge you when every day you sit down and you express like how it made you feel. And so a lot of people were beating him up like you shouldn't ignore racism. And he's like, well, what's the benefit of living in a mindset that you feel like people don't like you, people are, you know, um, discriminating against you or trying to hold you back. And I had an epiphany and I was like, my God, the best thing I can do right now is just look for opportunities to put myself in better positions so I can be a person who can say things. I'm a person of influence. And when I say things, it causes a chain reaction of actions that promote change because these people that we're trying to convince to change their mentality, psychologically speaking, they're probably not ever gonna change. A true racist person is not gonna change by you know a couple of, they may change their actions when everybody's watching them, but after they do those one or two things, they're gonna go back to doing whatever. The only thing you can do right now is replace those people. So I promote education, I promote, you know, some of these people who claim to be racist really, like you said earlier, they're just ignorant. And one thing I love about One Piece, and I keep making it a reference, it's just One Piece I tell people is my life, but the main character, in the beginning of the story, people tried to kill him. People tried to destroy him, people couldn't stand him. And then as the story progresses, and later, two or three seasons later, the same people were so impressed by just him being himself that they fought for him. Some of them put their lives on the line for him. And it just taught me, wow, you never know. That person who thinks that they don't like you, you may be the only chance that they have or the only example that they have to open up and change their mind. And they may watch you and go, you know what? I really hated her, but I'm not sure why. What does that say about me? You know, she's actually a great person. Or she, look at these other people love her. You know, I was so mean. And now not only are they loyal to you because they, they may have changed, but they may, you know, correct some of the other people who have those views. And they may be the only person that can actually help fight racism. Because like you said, you were like, I lived in Shanghai. You know, I, I didn't, I never saw a black person. I have no idea what that's like. Because in my world, people, I've seen all these, I always knew they were there, you know? And so it's like, I, I don't know how I would speak to, you know, my, my friends from Shanghai and explain to them like, you know, hey, this is how, you know, talk to people who may have be closed minded but you can, you know, you're the most valuable person there. And so it's like, I can't go and change the world myself, but I can be the best person I can be. And as everybody watches me, you know, they may be able to change. So during this time, I know that at that video, when you guys saw me making that video, I was having the hardest time, but since then, I watched Itaewon Class on Netflix, which is a Korean drama, very powerful storyline. I started rewatching One Piece and I did my friend's challenge and I feel liberated. I feel like me and people like me and you can make a change because we're actually creating things and taking action to show people, no, there is unity. Yes, we do have things in common. No, we don't have to allow that those incidents to affect us. And what you're doing right now, I just think is amazing. So I just, once again, I want to say thank you. <laughs> thank you. I think, yeah, I think we're on the same path, right? Lead by example, tell those stories, give people voices. And I agree with you. I think in one of our first few episodes, Yvonne and I discussed um, if you can really change someone's mind on social media. And mm -hmm. I feel the same way as you. If someone is truly a racist, no matter what you do, they're not going to change. Um, right. You know, especially a lot of them grew up in a different generation. Um, I too believe that 
change comes through education. And I think a lot of these um, so-called racist actions are really actions of ignorance and actions of fear. Um, and it's taught to us and ingrained in us. And, and this whole current situation now has made everyone very uncomfortable, including myself. I never consider myself to be a racist. Um, right. You know, I, I think I am consciously not a racist, but my subconscious, there is programming there. You know, in one of my previous episodes, I talked about how speaking about race in itself is so hard for me because there's programming there that tells me, don't talk about race. Don't bring it up. Even if you can tell this is purely a racial driven problem, don't, mm-hmm. don't bring up the fact that it's race. You right. know, so I think we're all recognizing there are things we can improve in ourselves and it's making people really, really uncomfortable and it's making people feel really triggered. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get into some of these more triggering topics now. <laughs> um, but before we, we, we go into that, I just want to let everyone know, our listeners know that these are our own opinions. We do not expect everyone to think like us or to agree with us. I just ask you to listen with an open mind until the end of the conversation. Then you can form your opinion. Um, but the point of this whole conversation is to have a positive, but hopefully, hopefully an impactful, intentional discussion. Um, okay, so my difficult question or difficult discussion is there is contention between minority groups as well, right? We all see that. I see a lot of Black and Asian crimes over social media. A lot of my friends will share that. I know this, these videos contribute to a huge portion of Asian American community who are not supporting the Black Lives Matter movement or of these protests or what's currently going on. So as someone from the uh, the Black community, as someone who knows quite a lot, also not knows, but really um, have kind of studied and lived in the Asian community as well, you know, why do you think this happens? Why do you think there's contention? Why do you think there's violence between our two groups? And then how do we bridge this gap between our two groups? So I guess it's a two-part question, right? First, let's talk about, you know, why do you think there's contention? Um, why are we seeing violence between our two minority groups? We're both minorities in this country. Right. So it's it very interesting that uh, the chain of events that led to this interview, the first thing is, I would have not known how to answer this question if I didn't see it for myself. And what I mean by that is, I am not exposed to those videos that you, I know that you're talking about. However, recently, um, one of the um, Asian um, content creators that I follow, David So, um, he posted two pictures. He's kind of like me, he's culturally aware and open, but mm-hmm. you know, his background, he grew up around a lot of African-Americans. And so, um, you know, as, as a, a, a Korean American, you know, he's, he's, he's able to talk about these things that a lot of other people are afraid to talk about. And so he posted something where uh, African-American was discriminated against. And then he posted another video behind it of these two, uh, these kids that were beating this, this Asian woman. Mm -hmm. And I remember my stomach that ruined my whole day. My stomach turned. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. First of all, I'm the type of person I don't, there's very little someone can do to want me to, you know, get me to want to, you know, act violently towards them, even if they deserve it, let alone a woman, a, an innocent woman minding her own business. It was disgusting. And these kids thought it was fun. And so to me, I'm not, a, I 
honestly, I think people like me and you will never understand that. I don't understand that. I asked my friends about it who are black. They had the same reaction. It's very, it's, it's like a gut wrenching disgust that I haven't felt before. And so my thought process was now I understand some of the racial tensions that happen in the West. I also, speaking of David So again, um, he was a part of a movie, and not to offend anybody, but the name of the movie is Gook, mm-hmm. and Justin Chan headed it up. And the only reason why I know about it is because I, I hit rock bottom in Korea um, at one point. I was just going through a lot of bad times, and I went on Facebook, and I saw that David So and Justin Chan were doing a, uh, it was like a crowdfunding attempt to raise funds so that they could film this film and it's literally about the racial tensions that happen along the west coast Mm -hmm. and so i was like wow i didn't even know this was a thing but they're trying to make a huge impact so i donated i donated uh, an incredible amount of money that i probably should have saved but i was like (laughs) good cause so let's go for it and so I was so proud to see that he, you know, a lot of people know him from Twilight, uh, Justin Chan, know him from Twilight. He's mm-hmm. one of the characters. And so he took his, his position, his influence, and he created art that brought awareness to something. He took action. Mm-hmm. And to me, that it was just so powerful. And then when I saw, it was probably like a month and a half ago when I saw that video of those kids beating that lady. And in, I was just like, wow, I, I would have never known. I truly believe there will be crappy people, ignorant people who think that that's cool across all cultures. Because Absolutely. just like you're saying, uh, within the black community, they share videos of like, for example, um, during coronavirus, they were sh- sharing, hey, you know, these people are stuck in China and they're being kicked out of their homes. China is a horrible place. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you can't say that because I have a friend, he's black. He speaks full, full Mandarin and he lived in China and he had a wonderful experience. He had some, you know, incidents where it wasn't great, but for the most part, he loved his experience. And so I'm like, you can't say that. And so now all these people who've never had that experience, they think, well, you know, China, they're just all horrible people and you can't generalize. And so to answer your question, I think it happens because people are ignorant. I think it happens because no one is there to see it that will hold them accountable. Because if you let me find those kids on the street, I'm going to do more than just say, you know, what you did was wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to actually get them arrested and I'm going to show the world that this is not acceptable. And so what's crazy is people like you and me are the people that can bridge the gap simply by doing what we're doing now. We're having a conversation. There are people that you have access to who are, will listen to the, the content that you put out that I would never even know to speak to, or they might not listen to me. But because you know you are curious to what I have to say, and I'm curious enough, now people, my friends are like, well, you're on a podcast? Like, whose podcast? You know what I mean? And so yeah. now we're showing people like, hey, you know, we don't stand for this. You know, there, there are injustices that are happening in the black community. And you're like, I don't stand for that. And I mm-hmm. don't stand for any of those. Like those videos disgust me, just like they probably disgust you when you see them. And, and so what I'm learning is that's why um, I, I said earlier, well, I, did, I told you separately off of the podcast, but I didn't really feel like I wanted to be a part of the protest. And a lot of my friends were upset about that. But my thing is, I want to take further action. I want to become, that's why I started live streaming. I started live streaming. Meet Me is a dating app, but um, 
my friend called me and he was like, you know, this is a dating app. I started live streaming because I was upset about some stuff. And, you know, I realized after two months, there's a lot of hurting people here. And some of the advice I've given them that really helped them. And so I went there and I was like, well, that makes sense. You know, if people are looking for love, they probably ended, you know, a tragic relationship or something. So I started educating, like reading books about relationships and we talk about finances and all kinds of stuff. And through there, I realized, wow, now I'm gaining influence. So when I want to speak against something, I may impact people that haven't seen it before. But if I'm out, you know, on the street in a mass group protesting, I'm subject to whatever the news decides to say about me. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that my friends were out there and they were saying, listen, we're cleaning up. You know, they, they showed that people were destroying Target. But we went out there and tried to clean the streets and try to make this place better and nobody's seeing it. And so that's when I decided, you know what? I will not go out and protest. That's my choice. I can decide if I agree with that or not. And I'm going to start live streaming. And I'm not going to talk about it until I get a little bit higher. And then I'm going to have some things to say. Because people need to be held accountable. And those videos are on my list. I want to talk about why people think this is acceptable. Mm -hmm. Why is that okay? And a lot of those people, like, I, there's also videos um, where people show fights. And it's just been a thing. Um, that people just, if it's negative, they want to share it. And I understand ma making people aware, but I think also with that, the people like us need to come together and say, listen, there are crappy people in this world, but we're going to take a stand and we're going to show that this isn't our world that we accept. And this is the, we're going to create a world where it shows love and beauty and acceptance and understanding and cultural exchange and, under and appreciation and cherishment. You know, what we're doing right now, we're a part of making history because people are going to look back and go, who are these people that helped, you know, bridge this gap? And that's why I'm so grateful to you. Yeah, you know, this topic is so hard for me. I, I love your answer and I agree with you 100%. I think the biggest issue here is is education. It's a lack of understanding between different cultures. And it's also the mainstream media purposely putting on message that divides people. Um, such as, you know, I am very much against the, the label of model minority because of the fact that this is very much a label put on Asians to control the narrative of racism, to sort of pit us against other minority groups. And it does create tension, right? It's also, I would call it an oppression for us because it, it keeps us in a place where we feel like we have to be this group of people who always follow the law and we don't speak up and we don't challenge the status quo. And mm. so absolutely, I think it's, it's education. When I see these posts on Facebook, and it's very interesting because we, we uh, interviewed my former boss, Charis Marquez on the second episode, and she's also African-American. And she had a very similar answer to you that she doesn't see this on her Facebook feed, right? Mm -hmm. What she sees is um, what the Chinese government in China is doing to, to the black people in China. Exactly what, you're, what you said. Um, and, you know, whereas it's all over my Facebook feed. And every morning when I take, when I see something like this, I get the same guttural reaction like you do. It's disgust, it's anger. I'm not angry at black people. You know, I'm angry at this individual. Mm -hmm. But it's, a, but there's a second part is when I start reading comments because usually it's posted by people I know, people that I like who are my friends. When they see this and they attack black people as a whole, that triggers me again into another guttural just disgust reaction. So for me, it's, it's two folds of guttural reaction. One, the violence 
is not acceptable. We absolutely should not be putting a light on these people and their actions. And I feel like the more we see, the more encourages these people to go out there and do even more outrageous things because they know they'll, they'll be able to see it online. Um, and then the second part is then seeing these, these conversations and feeling like I need to interject and put my voice in, but also feeling like I might become potentially an outcast within my own community for defending someone they don't think should be defended. So I really want to make it clear to everyone that, you know, if you see violence like this, it does not speak to the race as a whole. For example, in the George Floyd uh, murder, there's Asian cop, but he does not represent the entire Asian community. He's just another individual who made a poor decision, who was ignorant, who was maybe racist. I don't know his situation. I can't speak for him. But again, he does not represent our entire community. So what a kid or a bunch of kids do to another to anyone does not represent the entire community of people. So that's really, really important. Now, how do you think, you know, outside of education and, and you know, speaking to, to people, what else do you think we can do to bridge this gap? Not just between the Asian community, community and African-American community, but just all minority groups. I, this may be very controversial, but um, especially the, the, his, the history um, that flows within the Asian culture. You know, like if you go back, like when I was in Korea, I was very surprised that I could go to places that were, you know, hey, this was made in, you know, the 1500s. But my culture in particular doesn't go that deep. I've actually tried to research, you know, my, my lineage and I've been cut off. So uh, you're dealing with two different, you know, points of view. But in my personal opinion, I think that people, especially during times like this, need to pull back a little bit from the, well, I'm African-American and you're Asian-American and you're this and you're that. And I think we need to focus more on just appreciating our cultures, but actually joining hands and saying, you know what, especially living in America, America is a huge melting pot. We need to just embrace being American because when we talk about minorities and you mentioned the term, um, you know, model minority. Well, what does that really say? What are we really saying? We're saying that the white Americans are, you know, they've reached some level that's above us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we need to be like them. And so you have to be a model minority. And these people are worse than us because, you know, they do all this crazy stuff. And that, what is that really saying? And, and in my personal opinion, like I said, my French challenge, a lot of people, he was getting beat up by his own community. They were like, how dare you as a black person ignore racism? And my thing is, it's not an, about ignoring racism. It's about living in the moment, like right now, right? There's no imminent threat. So why would I sit in my house and think, you know what? People out there hate me and, you know, I need to, you know, figure another way out to live my life because I'm being plotted against. It's just not effective. It, it leaves you depressed. And, and so I want to say, I just want everybody to take a break from being whatever culture that they hold so tightly onto and just try to be a person and find happiness with other people. So like you, I felt so honored that you even like invited me. I was like, this is so crazy. Maybe other people should take action. So I started challenging my friends. I was like, let's just go make positive videos. I don't care what, you know, race or ethnicity you are. Like mm -hmm. every, this, the Black Lives Matter movement has affected the world in the craziest way possible. And it is uncomfortable. 
But I think the more positivity we pour onto this thing, not, not like, hey, in honor of the Black Lives Matter movement, we're gonna do this, but just, hey, you're a person and I think what you're doing is awesome. So I wanna support you and just by being there. And so honestly, I was so happy with the Asian Creative Network just creating artwork. Mm-hmm. This one lady, um, she drew a picture of two uh, black girls in um, the Korean traditional clothing. And I I messaged her privately and I was like, that is so cute. And I sent her a picture of me and my mom and we were in the Korean traditional clothing and she was like, oh my God, can I share this? Yeah, share me appreciating someone else's culture. And I think as as people that create content, we we have a way to show and elicit emotion, positive emotion, just like those fights and those that violence creates negative, you know, and animosity feelings and emotions. But we have a way, like her picture spoke to me because it reminded me of a time I spent with my mother. And so it's like with your cultural, you know, knowledge and awareness in mind, it, they're very different, but we can create art and we can create entertainment that shows like, hey, look, you know, did you know? that you know most african americans would like the fashion in korea let's go to korea and try some stuff out and it it doesn't have to be you know about like you know we need to create fight the injustice why don't we just like love each other and move on and you know i'm not saying to quit and and just let everything go and not try to you know create you know racial justice but i'm saying like we that can't be our focus our focus needs to be the world that we want to live in and the world that we're creating. And I want to treat you the way you want to, you know, I want to be treated. I don't want to just focus on the Black Lives Matter movement as much because that's what everyone expects us to do. Like me, people, I've had Black friends, I've lost Black friends because they're so mad at me because I'm not outraged and pounding my fist and out there yelling like them. And I'm like, dude, that doesn't do anything. And then I have some of my, you know, friends who just have shunned me because they're like, well, you're black, you know, and I didn't know you guys were like this. And I'm like, we're not, we're we're individual people. Like I'm an individual person, like allow me to shine. And I think the mentality of, you know, that little kid just crying, like I'm black and I'm going to die. That's a horrible like way to feel, you know what I mean? And, and so much sure. Then you have, you know, little white children who were like, wait, I'm racist. Like, my life doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like I get where the Black Lives Matter movement is coming from, but because people are uncomfortable and they don't want to talk about this, it it makes it, you know, even more so like we're almost perpetuating it if we don't talk about it. So I applaud you for your courage of talking about it. To me, this is another way to kind of like bridge this gap and cause unity because now what you and I have done is we've taken some of that power away from the racial tensions by being silent. We're speaking about it. And it's like, it's more comfortable for me to say like, wow, you know, like, you know, most people right now are to bashing China or bashing Mexico or, you know, well, the Canadians haven't done anything. And so it's like, it's like you guys have to stop. (laughs) I know, it's just like so much negativity. We should just, let's just press pause. Let's just love life together. Let's go do fun things. And that's what I was telling my, my friends, I'm like, if you're not black and you want to help, spread love. You don't have to go out there and protest. You can just say, hey, you know what? I like you. I remember that you did this thing for me, and I just wanted you to know I really appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. haven't been here. I appreciate that. I feel loved. All the love that I got from just being honest and posting in the Asian Creative Network, that to me was so healing 
honestly, I think that the love that I received before and after that video, because you guys were showing support, and then I posted a video, and then I was just overwhelmed with love. It was so healing. That's why I'm able to talk to you about this now and have this positive. Honestly, people will remember the Black Lives Matter movement, some of them as a horrible thing. I will always think about the love that I received from that group and what it brought me. Like you having me here, a couple of other people reached out to me and want to do collaborations. And honestly, that's what I'm going to remember because you guys created something amazing. It replaced the pain. It replaced the negativity. It replaced the animosity. Your actions to create love and joy and peace and unity, that healed. So honestly, I recommend doing that. I love everything you said. I agree. Oh, 100%. You mentioned earlier, you and I and, and Yvonne, we're never going to understand why people judge each other based on the color of your skin. Speaking of culture is an interesting thing. We come from different backgrounds, so we all bring our own cultures with us, but the Asian American culture is not the same as the Asian culture. You know, so we're creating our own culture when we mm. come here. And I agree with you. Let's put, you know, all that pride aside. Let's come together, tell each other stories. I see so many things with people saying cultural appropriation where it actually quite upsets me. And this might be, again, controversial because, you know, a lot of people feel very strongly about that. But my thoughts have always been, if you want people to appreciate your culture and they love your culture so much, they want to wear your traditional wardrobe or they want to eat your food and do their hair like you, why are you offended by that? Why do you think that's not okay? You know, mm -hmm. if we were meant to share everything with each other and learn from each other, then we should, I should be happy. You know, I love to hear that you love Asian food. I'm Chinese. I love Korean food. We should be able to be able to appreciate the culture and, and learn from each other and share. And so I loved your message of positivity. I personally feel like I think the protests are important to get the message out. The protests is what brought awareness to the world. Um, and so I think it's important. Do I agree with everything that's happening within the protests? Absolutely not. Um, but I will say I do believe majority of the protesters are peaceful. That mm -hmm. There are few that just like to take advantage of the situation. I myself have only been to one protest in my own community and I live in a very small city. And it was organized by students, which is why I decided to take my kids. You know, it was very organized. It was very peaceful. It was all family families with little kids, we, we walked down the block six feet apart. <laughs> Everyone wore masks. It was a beautiful experience, but I didn't feel like I necessarily want to go to the bigger protest. Number one being that it's still the middle of the pandemic. And number two being that I have kids, but I want my kids to understand what's going on. So I felt it was important for them to go to the, the smaller protest that our city held. Um, but I think, you know, what happens now after the protest? Protest right. is not sustainable. We can't do this nonstop. So what's the long-term strategy? And I think what you say is completely right. The long-term strategy is to talk to people, to meet your neighbors and share stories, to look at your group of friends and, and see, do you have friends who are white, who are black, who are Muslims? Your message is so spot on. And, and I appreciate to have someone like you out in this world, seeing such positive things and looking at things from a positive perspective. Um, Yvonne, I know you have some questions as well. Um, yeah, the, the last question was related to your, your videos and your own creation. Um, but I feel like you shared that really well uh, with your, your current streaming process with Meetup, uh, Meet Me. 
Um, would you, are you going to be mm -hmm. planning on creating more videos on YouTube or Instagram? How can people find you and be a part of the positive change and be the part of the positive community that you're going to create? So, um, I do have limited time as of now in my life. Um, I'm in transition. So that's why I kind of turned to streaming, but my message is, is the same. Um, if people want to reach out to me and be a part of it, they can always email me at always love beautiful you at gmail.com. Um, that's my message. It's actually, actually an acronym for Albie. Um, I used to, my YouTube was Albie and Elise, but I'm revamping it now. And really I'm just focusing on self-love. I think at the core of every problem that we have is self-love, like people that try to fix their diets. If you truly love yourself more, it's easier to eat healthier because you love yourself. And so I'll be creating content about self-love. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I love myself. And I'm like, well, who else do you love? And they're like, well, I love my cousin or my brother or my mom. And I'm like, well, if your mom told you that they did all these horrible things, you know, would you still love them? And they, yeah, I would. And I'm like, well, how come you haven't accepted that part about yourself? And usually people start crying or, and so I have like a love challenge that I recommend and I really want to get that out. And so I will be creating videos about that. I have a couple of my friends I've been working with. I've been live streaming about it on Meet Me and the impact that it's had in people's lives has just been incredible. And so podcasting is another thing that I'm entertaining. It's a lot easier for me to do right now. And so I may even do that. I just need to, you know, get my plans together and figure out what's going to work best for me. And so right now the message that I would send is, is self-love. I think honestly, when you start loving yourself more, it's easier to accept other people's flaws because you've accepted your own. And it also, uh, that's another way to bridge the gap between, you know, what's happening in the world right now between different cultures and racial tension. When you truly have self-love, it's easier to accept other people. And so, um, yeah, I'm definitely working that out, uh, more to follow. But like I said, you can either find me on Meet Me. I am under, it is a dating app, so just know what you're getting into. But I live stream, my name is Alicia, so A-L-I-S-E-I-A. Or you can email me, or my Instagram that I just started is um, always love beautiful you. And if you want to email me, just gmail.com. But thank you guys for this opportunity. This I was just so my friends were like, wait, what? What video did you post? Like, what? Why would people want to interview? Like, what are they trying to talk about? They're trying to talk about race. Are you sure you're okay with that? And I was like, yeah, they, you know, they seem like amazing people who are, are doing this positive thing. And I want to join hands and be a part of it. And I want people to know, like I was telling my friends, like, you guys should meet them too, and we should listen to their podcast. And you know, that's really how we're gonna change this thing. And so I'm just so, such a fan. I'm a fan of you guys. <laughs> I am so appreciative for you to come on and to share your message. I think we need more voices like you. I absolutely think you need to have a YouTube channel and a podcast because more people need to realize um, being positive is what's ultimately going to change the world for the better. And your message about self-love, spot on. You have so much self-hate for yourself that you don't have for other people. And so, so Yvonne and I are on this journey to kind of rediscover who we truly are and how we can use our newfound self to kind of help others and to help bring the world to a better place if we have that kind of power. Um, but so we definitely, I definitely feel like we need more voices like you and I cannot wait to see, you know, what you do next. I can't wait to see what you guys become. Like, I was so like, I was just so like, what? I'm getting an email. like. <laughs> It was just really awesome. And like, I don't care how big you guys are. If you just keep that you're open-minded and you're trying to share and educate, not just yourself, but 
you know, your listeners. And I just think that is so powerful. And then the fact that we're women right now and we're trying to heal, there's something like definitely amazing to be said about that. You know, we could sit around and say, well, that's other people's problems, but you know, even reading your emails and stuff and the questions that, you know, you wanted to discuss here, it was just like, wow, you know, they're trying to actually make a change. And honestly, that's the reason why I decided, like, I definitely want to be a part of this. And I definitely support you guys on your journey. I can't wait. I'm going to share your podcast with everyone, not just because I was here, but just because, you know, I think you have, you should be heard. We should be heard. So, you know, I know you're saying I need to, I am, I'm going to get all my stuff together, but um, I'm just really proud of both of you. And I just want to congratulate you and commend you and celebrate you as you, you know, I call it leveling up because, you know, I love one piece, but. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know this one. I've never heard of one piece. Can you tell me and our audience, what is one piece? Where can we watch it? Oh, okay. So one piece is actually in um, it's anime. Um, I don't watch a lot of anime, but I started watching One Piece in the first episode. Um, you can find it on Netflix or some, any anime streaming site. It's actually really big. A lot of people don't like it because it, it's from episode one to it's in like the 900s right now. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, people are like, people are like, that's too much. I would never watch that. But from episode one, um, the main character is Luffy and Luffy tells everyone he's going to be the pirate king. And so people are like, what? You can't be the Pirate King. And in the first episode, there's this one kid um, who sees Luffy, you know, just have this, the audacity to say, I'm going to be the Pirate King. And at first he's like, what? You can't be the Pirate King. Like, I know more pirates who are powerful than you. And just Luffy being himself changed that kid's perspective mm -hmm. to the point where that kid actually took action to go towards his own goals. That's an amazing it, message. It was so powerful. If you want one piece, I tell people all the time, it's my life. It's not like something that entertains me. It has taught me so much. Like you were saying, like, what's the impact of Asian culture? I know that like, you know, some of the stuff like K-pop and dramas and shows, they don't represent Asian culture, mm -hmm. but it's a part of it. And it has completely changed my life. One piece has completely, it, it helps me. I was depressed. I started watching one piece. It pulled me out. I was like, you know what? I can take action. I can do these things. And honestly, that's the reason why I'm here is because not only my parents, they raised me, you know, with the right mentality and the right work ethic. And they taught me I could be anything I want. They never told me I was black or, you know, a woman. And that's why things are happening. But they set me up for success. But one piece kind of gave me like an example. There's a one person when I'm live streaming, he pops in and he's seen one piece. He likes one piece like me. And we speak in one piece code. Like we're like, hey, you know, that's Nami. They have like a Nami personality. And everyone's like, what are they talking about? And we're just going back and forth. We're like, yeah, you're right. Like actually, honestly, really quick before I go, in one piece, there is an art. It's called an arc. It's like a season. And it's called Alabasta. And in Alabasta, what is happening in that town is the same thing that is happening in America culturally. And it shows how these group of pirates came to that town and the, the princess of that town was very frustrated with her people tearing each other apart because the government lied to the people about what was happening. And they were all just ripping each other apart. And Luffy and these group of pirates go in and help the princess 
assuage the situation. And I, I contacted my One Piece friend, like the, I call them my One Piece friends, my Nakama, <laughs> but they, you know, they watch One Piece. And I was like, isn't this so crazy that he made this anime and now this is happening? And they were like, yo, like, what do we need to do? Let's go back and watch it so we can figure out how to fix this issue. And it, it's, sometimes you forget it's an anime. Really powerful message. If you watch One Piece, you will cry, you will laugh, you will bond. It is, it is an unbelievable, I don't recommend other animes like that unless I know your personality, but One Piece I think is for everyone. Okay, my husband and I have been, have been looking for a show to kind of watch at nighttime before we go to bed. So I'll check that out. Is it Peace, like P-E-A-C-E or is it Peace, like P-I-E-C-E? P-I-E-C-E. Yeah, okay, One Piece. One okay. Piece. Almost Got like it. a baby suit. Sometimes when I type in One Piece, I get the One Piece baby suit. <laughs> like, no, that's not what I was trying to find. <laughs> so. Okay, so everyone remember uh, to be kind, to be positive, to share your stories, to be open-minded, and to watch One Piece. And <laughs> one last, very last question. We, we like to end our podcast with a quote. It could be your own original quote or someone else's quote that you love. Do you have a quote that you want to share with us? Sure. I have one by Napoleon Hill. Mm -hmm. um, action is the true measure of intelligence. So depending on what actions you take, it can tell how intelligent you actually are. And that was kind of like the theme of what we were talking about. That is the America right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. We are so honored, like I said so many times. Um, I cannot wait to see what you do and we will continue to keep in touch. Yvonne, do you have any last words? Um, just that thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate this and we'll definitely be following you and we, we hope to have you again soon. Oh, thank you, ladies. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm honored and I will continue to work hard, especially even now because I know you guys are watching me and I, I want to make you guys proud just like I'm proud of you. So keep, keep on your journey. And I, I, I look forward to us, you know, communicating in the future and admiring and celebrating each other as we reach our, our life goals. Yes. Thank you so much. Have a great Absolutely. rest of the weekend. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And I want to give a big thank you to Elise once more for joining us. If you wish to gain contact with Elise, you can reach her at alwayslovebeautifulyou at gmail.com. Yvonne and I can't wait to see what she does next. If you want to comment or provide feedback to today's episode, you can find us on Instagram at lost and refound. That is lost dot and dot refound. Or you can email us at lost and refound podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye.